Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Mike. And I'm Grace. Hi, Grace. Hi, Mike. Here we are today, (laughs) and we're going to talk about something that might not seem too exciting, but again, it's something that we should all know about. Speak for yourself. Yeah, speak for myself. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about how do you promote your book, The Business Card and Bookmark Edition. Ooh. So here at Wildling, we spend quite a bit of time talking about how an author can digitally promote themselves in their books, but we need to touch base on how to market yourself offline. And that's where the more traditional avenue of marketing comes in place with printed business cards and bookmarks. Yes. So what are the differences between bookmarks and business cards? Business cards are for you to connect with people who can help you sell more books like bookshop owners, marketing professionals, agents, online influencers, and similar. Bookmarks are for your readers, the direct buyers of your books. Yeah. So ultimately, if you're trying to sell your books through like an event, for example, mm-hmm. a business card is going to be great because you can hand that to a bookshop owner and then they can get back in touch with you about setting up an event. Exactly. And then at the event itself, you know, having those bookmarks for the people that attend, those are going to be held on a lot more and regarded more by them than the actual business card. That's so true. So what is the purpose of a business card? It makes follow-up easy and having a physical business card makes connecting with people more personal than exchanging information via digital contact card. And I don't know if you've seen those out and about in the wild or not. The digital ones? Yeah. I've never. Yeah. I have only seen ads for them and seen like how they are very useful and I do get it. Yeah, I can see the pros and cons of that. Right. You know, they definitely have their perks. You only need the one and you can update it as often as you need without paying for a reprint or having to throw away older cards. Yeah. But the main downfall of that is you run your chance of your contact information getting lost in someone's phone in their list of contacts where you you just become a name and a number and yeah. the actual like personal interaction that you have with them gets lost. Yeah. And there's also something to having like a physical, you know, tactile, tangible. I'm just saying all the words. <laughs> right. No, but you're saying uh, all the right thing. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To actually hand someone, I think that does make a difference, you know. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where they, they're reminded you as an individual, as an author, each time they look at your business card, and they'll remember that exchange the two of you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there's different ways to make your card stand out from the rest. And I will say that when it comes to a business card, that I do recommend following a traditional layout of a business card, just because we know it's a business card. We know you're not trying too hard to be any different. But I do recommend that the actual design, the design elements, whether it be the color or the imagery or something along those lines, that that is more specific to you as an author. Mm -hmm. And I definitely uh, recommend avoid using any free templates that have been overused because you don't want your card to look generic or like it was generated. 
through an AI mm-hmm. or a similar program. And also yeah. you don't want to run the chance of someone having a stack of business cards and, you know, two new authors grab the same Woof. author template <laughs> that they found online design of like, you know, a book with like a feather pen or something oh, like man. that. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? yeah. I know what you mean. So Mike, when you are designing someone's business card, because you do that you've designed many a business card and very well i might add you in fact designed my business card i did um all of the wildlings business cards and they're beautiful thank you um and so when you're starting something like that what do you go to first are you looking for like a logo are you looking for a particular image do you take suggestions from an author what do you what's like your method uh, the method to my madness is mm-hmm. I always stick with the traditional business card size. Yes. I never do anything out of the ordinary, any odd shaped cards, because those get lost. Those don't fit in the wallet. They usually just end up in a pocket or somewhere and they get thrown in the trash. Keeping it a traditional shape is the first thing I always do. Yeah. When it comes to the front of the card, which is will have the majority of your information on it, uh, I usually leave that up to the person who's going to be using the card, whether they want it glossy or matte, embossed or textured. Yeah. But I like to leave the back of the card matte. And with some white space, because that way, whoever you give your card to, they can write notes about them meeting you or the name of your book or something like that. Just anything is a reminder for them. And if it's matte, it's easy to write on. Yeah, that makes sense. Glossy would be tough. And on the back of your card, I don't recommend leaving it blank because people instinctively flip over your card after they've Mm -hmm. read the front of it. So usually there, depending on the situation, it could be the logo of a company or it can Mm -hmm. be the book title, something along those lines, the book cover even. Yeah. But just keeping it simple yet impactful. So when you're talking about the front versus the back of a business card, the front is the side that has all of your information and the back is the side with an image or something. Yes. Okay. I don't know why I, I don't know why I thought of it like the opposite way. I guess like a book cover, I was thinking like, you know, the cover of the business card is the image and then you flip it over and you read it. I don't know why I thought of it that way. No, I totally get that. I do that as well where I have to remind myself to think of them backwards from how yeah, it's I different. handle a book cover. Yes. Okay. Well then, so on the front of your business card, you're going to want certain information. You're going to want obviously your name, Mm -hmm. you're going to want an email address and a phone number and your website. Yes. Because you have a website because you're an author. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's so important for authors to have websites. Websites are interesting because obviously you're in kind of a space saving game with uh, the limited amount of surface area you have on a literal business card. So if you can save some space by taking out the HTTP bit, you know, do that. Um, You can also type your website in camel case, which is where you use the uh, capital letters to begin the words without using any spaces. Sometimes I can just make it easier to read. And you can also lose the www dot. Unless you want to keep it, you can keep it if it just like kind of looks better. Sometimes that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but just include those uh, four main things and other optional bits. You may choose to include your little face, little picture of yourself. If you want uh, people to remember you, 
that's a good option, but you certainly don't have to do that. If you'd prefer to put your book cover on the front of your card, you can definitely do that too. We'll talk more about bookmarks later, but the book covers are generally reserved more for bookmarks, but you could put it on a business card if you wanted to. And then one important note, don't put your social media links on your business card. And I feel like that might be kind of a hot take, but you know, you want people to visit your website. And if you're putting social media links, it's quite possible that they're going to skip right over your website and go straight to those socials and never visit your website. And another thing too, with having uh, not having your social media links on there and just having your website is that when they go there, they can get that little box that pops up like Wildling has to join the email list and they can sign up for email lists. And now you have even continued contact with them after the business card exchange. Oh yeah, we love an email list. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, Mike, uh, all of the Wildling authors are reading Reach by Becky Robinson for our little book club this month. And Becky has a really awesome section in her book that's dedicated just specifically to the importance of author websites. So yes, certainly put your website on your business card. But to your point about the social media links, so many authors just think that, uh, which, you know, I understand why they think this way. They think that, you know, their social channels can kind of stand in for a website, but it's just not true. Mm-hmm. All roads should lead back to your website. Your website is your home base. Put that on your business card. Anyway, I love Becky Robinson. I love her book. Same. Okay. <laughs> Same. Another thing too is I know it is a little controversial to say about the not social media links on your card. Yeah. And I know that I've done it in the past and we've had wild link cards with them on there as well. But I think one of the main things too for it uh, not being there is because it can take up a lot of space on your card and make your card look cluttered. If you have the same social media link for all social media, the same you know screen name for them. Yeah, then you the can same simple, handle. The same handle for them. <laughs> okay. I'm old, old screen man. name called out. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, AOL. <laughs> You've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it's one of those things where you can you can make it cleaner with just having that one and then using the shortened versions of things like FB for Facebook, IG yeah. for Instagram, things like that. But yeah, so that's just that's how your business card in general should be laid out and the information should have on there. So quick question, quick question yes. for you. Do you recommend that authors design their own business cards or... What do you think? You know, that is one of those ones that I am on the fence about. I could go either way because a business card is a business card is a business card. Yeah. You can probably, you know, jump down that rabbit hole yourself and design them. I Uh always want to recommend a designer first for everything. But if it's not in your budget, I usually have faith in people that they can design their business card. Yeah. So I go back and forth. Especially with these very helpful tips. Yes, just listen to this over and over and over (laughs) again. Okay, so the next thing uh, I want to talk about were bookmarks. And bookmarks are, like I said before, they're the one that reaches your reader. And people love receiving free stuff. And I've talked about this in past podcasts that, you know, they love free stuff. And a bookmark is a very cheap and effective way to use a promotional tool that you can hand out to the masses. A lot of times if you're in a bookstore, you know, they'll have bookmarks for sale and things along those lines. So when you're giving someone a free bookmark, it functions as a small gift. So it has a higher perceived value than your business card. Yeah, it does feel just like a little nicer. Yes. 
And um, a bookmark is also your opportunity to promote your book inside someone else's book because Ooh. people will grab your bookmark while they're reading a book. And then every time they go to read that book, they see your bookmark. Pretty cool. So it's a great reminder that to readers that your book exists. Yeah. And the, um, bookmarks also create an opportunity to sell other books in your series. And they have a longer life than a business card. Oh. So some bookmark design principles that I want to cover. It's definitely with designing a bookmark, less is more. And it's very enticing to fill out that extra space because you have the standard American size for a bookmark is two by eight inches and the European size is one and a half by seven. I like to oh, use okay. I like to use the two by eight for like children's books and YA middle grade and then the one and a half by seven for adult books and it just because mm-hmm. it just feels a little more just so mature. This this bookmark is so mature. Right. It's matured. <laughs> So definitely a bookmark requires a simple design. And with a bookmark, I do recommend that you have a designer do it because there's so many ways to do it wrong, especially designing by committee, which is the same thing as too many chefs in the kitchen spoil the soup or however the saying goes. Mm -hmm, If you try mm -hmm. to design to please everyone, you're pleasing no one. Yep. Uh, You want to keep your bookmark focused. It's not a catalog. Your website is your catalog. The higher the quality of the bookmark, the longer people are likely to keep it. Mm-hmm. One thing I do recommend is using one side for a simple image and the other side for information. So you can put your book cover and your book title on one side and you can have your synopsis or things like that on the back side. Mm-hmm. So you've got a front of your bookmark, you got a back of your mm-hmm. bookmark. What you're going to want to have on the front of your bookmark is the title of your book, your name, And then some sort of image could be your book cover, or you can include just some element of your book cover, whether that is just like an image that you can extract or something like that. And then you can also include a short blurb or tagline. For example, a very cool tagline that one of Wildling's authors, Kara Badalamenti, might use for her bookmark whenever she gets there. For her book release, which is happening in September... September 26, 2023. Mm-hmm. So the tagline is destructive, sexy, and witchy. And then you would include the endorser's name and their work. So that was by Emily Blackwood, author of the Fay of Rowith series. So yes, yeah, so you can include just a short tagline or a blurb. But again, you know, just because there's more space there than you have in a business card, you don't have to fill the whole thing up. So the back of your bookmark offers a little more flexibility in terms of what you can include, but don't make it too busy. You won't be able to include every single thing. So you want to keep your design simple, include your website. If we have said it once, we've said it a thousand times. This is required. You can include series book covers if you have a series and you want to, um, Mike, I think you mentioned earlier that you can use a bookmark as an opportunity to promote your whole series. So that could be a way to do that. If there are various blurbs that you received for the series as a whole, you could include that. You can also include a little author photo, a very small one or two lines maybe for a bio. Or you can uh, also include a QR code so that people can just go right there. Um, If it's linked to a place to buy your book, you can just click it and click on that. I love a QR code on a bookmark. I'm just going to say that. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yes. It's very cool. I just feel like you're with the times if you've got a QR code on your book. Right, very much so. So you have your uh, bookmark now. So what do you do with your bookmark? 
And some options for you is you can ask local bookstores if they'll give them away for free at the counter. You can hand them out at events you attend. You can include a stack on a book table at your speaking events. You can include bookmarks with signed copies that you mail. You can also take them to your local libraries to see if the libraries will give them away for free. And with permission, you can even put them in your books that are shelved in the library. Ooh, sneaky sneak. Sneaky no, sneak. permission. Get permission. <laughs> also, I know that I have personally placed Wildling bookmarks in local coffee shops and at breweries and places like that too. Mm -hmm. Just wherever anyone will, you think bookish people may be and where yes. the places are cool enough to let you leave bookmarks there. Yeah. Generally, they're pretty cool, I think. They're pretty cool. So we've discussed business cards and bookmarks, and I feel like we still have a little bit of time. So we're going to do a little bit of bonus content. Ooh, look at us. I want to talk about posters real quick. This is something that can be used at your events. It's pretty effective because, you know, it's a poster. It's large. It's in charge, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as a poster goes, just the specs for one, I do recommend a foam core poster. And that's one of those where it's two pieces of poster board paper with the foam in between them. And it's, it's that yeah. way it's, uh, it's just firmer and you don't have to worry about like hanging it up. It's something you can set on an easel or easily prop against something without it rolling. You know, you don't get the curled mm. edges, stuff like that. Great point. An 18 by 24 inch one works great. And they can be printed the same day, and they're pretty reasonably priced. I'm not plugging any places, but I've gone through a FedEx print quite a bit for these. And it's usually yeah. like around $35, and that same day you get your poster. That's very cool that they can turn it around that quickly. Yeah, and they're really nice quality. I'm sure there's other places, you know, that might be near you, but check out your print shops, and it's usually something they offer. Mm-hmm. But these can be used for your bookish events, and they're more like your bookmark design than a business card because this is to attract the reader. And it also falls in that same line with a bookmark that you have all the space. It doesn't mean you need to fill it up. Yeah. So some things that I like to include on a poster because they're going to be used usually at your author events. I always like to have meet the author at the top. I just, you know, I like that attraction for... So inviting. It's so inviting. Meet the author. You know, I'm accessible. I wrote a book, you know. And as far as imagery goes, I do uh, like the book cover to be on there. And if you get a designer to do your poster, chances are they can turn your book into a 3D design. So it looks like a book and not just a flat image of your book cover. Nice. Yeah, that just those little little details can really elevate these items. Right. It takes them to a new level of professionalism. And mm -hmm. uh, this is something you can also include on the, the poster, a synopsis or an endorsement, or both of them if they're short enough. Again, you don't want to take up all this space with text because the main thing is for them to be drawn to your book. Mm -hmm. Another thing I like to do when I design them is uh, around the center section of the poster. I like to have the book cover to the left and then to the right, I leave it blank. Because what you can do is you can actually print out the current event information on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and adhere it to the poster. And then when that event's done, you just remove that piece of paper and you now can reuse your poster. And also, Amazing. I do recommend getting the poster glossy because that way the tape does remove a lot easier. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, Great Because if it's matte, it's going to rip. And I know you're going to continue to cover it up, but you know, you don't want to do all that. Yeah, that's a great uh, piece of advice. You know, in closing, I do want to give a couple final tips and some we did already cover. Well, one of them we definitely did already cover. And that's that you can design your own business card by sticking close to a template's design, the template layout, not the actual graphics of the card. 
Thank you for that distinction. Yes, but a, uh, you know, <laughs> but a good bookmark design usually requires a professional designer's trained eye and skill. And that's why earlier I mentioned, you know, I'm on the fence about a business card, but I recommend a bookmark design be done by a professional. Mm-hmm. Another tip is to print half as many as you think you need. Wow. Yes. Authors and small businesses tend to overprint business cards and bookmarks to uh, bring the cost per unit down. Yeah, trying to hit that break point. Right, trying to hit that break point. And I've I've done this. I've done it before. I've you've recommended it before, and I've I've learned through you know my own mistake because you have a lot left over, and you really don't end up saving money if you have a bunch of unused cards or bookmarks laying around that you never get out there. And especially if it comes to your business card, if your address changes or the book cover changes, which does happen, you now have you know a plethora of old business cards that you just have to throw away. Mm-hmm. You can always do a reprint. You can always do a reprint. So I definitely recommend print half as many as you think you need. And yeah. that also falls into my next tip is to think long term. So your printed items are up to date for quite a while. So make sure all your information is correct and try to keep your information steady for as long as possible, just so that you are not having to constantly reprint your promotional items. That's good advice in general, though. I think so, yeah. It definitely goes beyond, you know, this yeah. episode of bookmarks, business cards, and posters. Stay consistent. Stay consistent. And that's how you book. This episode was written and edited by me, Michael Hardison. Our logo was also designed by me. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at wildlingpress.com.